Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cloud Wars Live. We're exploring the digital revolution and the wild things going on in the world today. We're delighted to have as a guest today one of the top scientists from IBM. Hillary Hunter is CTO for the IBM Cloud and distinguished scientist there. Hillary, welcome. Pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be with you today. So Hillary, millions of things going on in your world, and uh, we'd love to be able to get your thoughts on a few of those things. And first of all, you know, you've got quite, uh, quite an array of achievements in your background. Could you tell us a little bit about that and what then particularly your top responsibilities now at IBM? Sure. Yeah. You know, I actually originally joined IBM in the IBM research organization where we've got about 3000 researchers globally. It is just this wealth of riches that we are so privileged to have, um, but they serve as kind of a, a lot of our innovation pipeline in addition to things that we do in open source and within our R&D teams within development. Um, but I got to work across everything from processor projects to uh, things in AI while I was in research. And all of that led me into cloud. Cloud is um, the opportunity to have, you know, lots of infrastructure, platform as a service capabilities, you know, to do AI and all those things at scale. So um, I got to come into our cloud business several years ago. Um, and I now serve as our chief technology officer. Um, and I'm also an IBM fellow. So um, in addition to having those CTO responsibilities over our infrastructure and platform capabilities in our public cloud, um, I get to advise our clients. Um, as a fellow, often, you know, we get to talk about that whole, what IBM calls the journey to cloud, what's working, what's not working, <laughs> what might work better for the future. Hillary, I've seen that title before, IBM fellow, but I, I've never quite understood what it does. So you get to take this uh, accumulation of knowledge and expertise from the inside and go out and share that with customers. You know, it's one thing that we spend a lot of time doing as fellows. It's it's not necessarily the definition of the job or something, but it is something that pretty much all the fellows do. And, and so we end up, you know, often splitting our time between working and advising with clients on projects um, and working with our internal teams, um, you know, on particular areas of technical strategy and technology development. Okay. so. Hillary, uh, Chief Technology Officer for the IBM Cloud, pretty big job there. And then uh, concurrent with that, there's this whole pretty massive and dramatic switch over to industry clouds. Could you tell us a little bit about the impact that has and how that, uh, what sort of path that's taking you down? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I, I always like to say that there's been um, a transition in you know what's been happening in cloud. I think there was an initial rush to adoption of cloud, um, and there continues to be a rush to adoption of cloud and everything that's happening in the industry right now. Um, you know, but I think there's also a need to contextualize um, cloud, contextualize using specific technologies, not just you know marketing or something like that, but actually creating and enabling technologies that serve an industry specific purpose. And so. Um, that's been part of, you know, what I've been working with our clients to, to co-create initially um, with our anchor partners and our cloud for financial services and then what we're doing in cloud for telco and, and other industries um, is really to take technology, bake that into services in the cloud um, and, and present that in a technical context, um, you know, to an industry. And, and the intention really is to speed adoption, right? I mean, in that initial rush to the cloud and, and flush of usage of cloud, um, a lot of been in has been honestly a little random, you know, a SaaS property here, one workload there. Oh wait, no, that data is too sensitive to go to the cloud, et cetera. So we're really trying to take a big step back with these industry cloud programs and what we're doing with hybrid cloud architecture um, and help people, you know, move more quickly to the cloud because they're moving toward a cloud environment that 
understands and acknowledges and is contextualized for their industry requirements. Yeah, Hillary, it's fascinating to hear you describe that because I recently had a conversation with Howard Beauville and he said that IBM's initial intent and perhaps that played some role in that uh, early move to the cloud was he called it sort of a general purpose cloud and it worked, but it didn't really push things far enough forward for clients. But he felt very strongly, I think, as you've indicated that the industry cloud approach will allow for much more value to be unlocked for customers. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I, I always like to say that, you know, there, there, there is, there is a difference between, you know, providing cloud services that are sort of outward facing, you know, web pages and mobile apps and things like that and providing a cloud that really is suited and, you know, uh, protective enough, et cetera, um, for use for the core, the core of, you know, what an industry, what an enterprise needs to do. And it's kind of a little bit of a different set of considerations. Um, and we're really trying to help the rest of the stuff that hasn't been able to move to the cloud be able to move to the cloud. And that can have a really significant impact for an industry or for a business because many regulated industries these days are, you know, 5%, the, the highest number I've heard is 13, 16% migrated toward the cloud. Um, and, you know, it, it, there's a lot that still needs to be done to enable, um, you know, those organizations uh, to deploy in the cloud in the right context um, and be able to move uh, things as sensitive as the data involved in their core workloads and their um, traditional uh, business functions, you know, into the cloud. And yet there's a deep desire um, to do digital transformation of that core um, and to, you know, leverage that data, et cetera, right? And so, it's very exciting times because, um, you know, there's no matter how you want to metric it, um, there's a lot of um, opportunity um, of what still remains to be done in the cloud. And, and we're, you know, creating uh, cloud opportunities through these industry specific programs to, to unlock the rest of that workload that needs to move. Yeah, um, Hillary, so there's so many companies now offering cloud and it's been interesting. We're seeing even some traditionally non-tech companies get into this, right? To also try to blend their industry-specific capabilities with some, you know, traditional, I guess, IT expertise and all. So against that backdrop of, you know, wide range of other of cloud providers from, you know, all different stripes, what would you say is unique about IBM Cloud? What differentiates it? Yeah, you know, we early on had a posture that was unique in the industry, which was your data is your data. Um, and that was our, our, our short phrase of saying, you know, we wouldn't use a, a, a consumer data from an enterprise or an enterprise's own data, for example, to, you know, train our AI models. Um, that's an attractive, you know, thing to think about doing. It just gives you more data. But we said, no, that's, that's your data as an enterprise. Um, and it is for you to do what you need to do with it, not just because you're doing that in our cloud for us to have any, any you know, contractual rights to, to access that. And so our default was your data is your data. Um, and that was our, our position and posture. But I think at this point, we've gone well beyond that. And, and I think this really, the, the concept of data protection, data privacy, um, and now terms that people are using around confidential computing, et cetera, um, are really where the heart of our differentiation lies. And it's, it's the reason I start back with the your data is your data posture, you know, which was some time ago for us, is that I think we've been consistent in that heritage of saying and acknowledging that um, the value or, or the fuel, is, as some folks say, you know, to enterprise transformation um, and, and value and, and really a core of the, the cloud conversation for an enterprise is the data. And, and, and when we talk about then how that's evolved, it is you know, use of keep your own key um, based uh, data protection, which ensures that 
Um, IBM cloud operators have no ability to get at the keys, no break glass protocol to get in there. Um, you know, hardware security modules that are fully tamper proof, et cetera, that, that helps you know that things are, you know, as secure in the cloud as they would be on premises. And, and then when we get into confidential computing, it's really for us about going even, you know, beyond saying, um, you know, data in transit, data at rest and data in use, all three stages of the life cycle of data being in the cloud, how can we, you know, really protect it? And, it, we talk about you know various analogies. They 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 each have a little bit of a limit, but you know in, in case it's helpful, it's it's kind of like you can envision an office building, for example, and there's security cameras outside. There are physical you know protections in place. There's um, you know a front desk with a security guard, and he checks who's going in and out. And you may have to use a badge or some other identification to get onto an elevator. And then again at the floor when you arrive, but. So you're then in an environment on a floor in an office building with lots of auditability and traceability, you know, who went in and who went out and all those things. And, and those are all important and happen in a cloud. Um, but yet there are still some conversations. There are some business you may want to conduct that is so private that you may still choose to go into a soundproof, you know, office room or conference room and shut the door and conduct that business in complete privacy. Um, and, and that really is, is, is the extreme that, you know, confidential computing enables. But as we think about things, everything from uh, the perhaps more obvious or intuitive things around digital asset custody, but through to personal protection of consumer healthcare data, um, you know, those are things, you know, we even as consumers would really rather prefer that absolutely all mess, you know, efforts be taken. And so we're working to stand up those technologies and, and we have stood up those technologies. We're working with our clients, um, you know, to use them and deploy them um, and, and have a lot, you know, in production in that space because, you know, people are seeing that it's a consistent, you know, path for us from everything from your data is your data all the way through to your data is so much your data that, we have absolutely no visibility or control over it. You can compute in, in complete uh, confidentiality. So Hillary, across that whole spectrum that you just laid out, and then additionally on the techno technology side, IBM is able to uh, play right at the infrastructure level. So what you can do there for security and confidential computing through platform and also up to applications, that's gotta be a, a differentiator. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. I mean, I mean, you know, IBM has worked in in these industries for for decades, to be honest, right? But you know, it's really about taking that and contextualizing it to cloud, right? I, I keep I keep using that same word, but um, I need someone to to give me a, a different word than contextualize. But but to me, that that really is what it is because we have you know um, worked with um, you know financial services entities and telco entities and healthcare entities, et cetera. Um, on their applications and their workloads, their digital transformation. And IBM really kind of has brought together the different pieces. When we began working in financial services cloud, um, folks from our global business services in the promontory organization who are global experts in regulations were there at the table with us from day one in that program and continue to advise and co-design and um, work with our clients in that program as well. And so bringing together that kind of business services, professional services, regulatory expertise, workload transformation, workload modernization, and then from the bottom up, then those technologies going all the way back to things our research organization develops, things that we develop and co-develop in open source, develop with Red Hat, et cetera. We really are trying to bring those two pieces, you know, from the top down, from the bottom up together. 
and embody that in, you know, in the cloud programs and the cloud technologies and services that we're delivering. And, and I think that for our customers that, that, you know, means a more, um, you know, a more comprehensive conversation about cloud. Um, and it also means, you know, a cloud environment where they can get through those, you know, uh, different, you know, tugs of war that happen within an enterprise about, you know, what to move to cloud, how quickly to move it, et cetera. Yeah. And Hillary, I guess, uh, you know, as you talked about it, this contextualizing, I think for a lot of people, right, they're wondering, well, you know, can I do everything that I could do on premises in the cloud, right? And so we have public clouds and private clouds and hybrid clouds and multi-cloud. Uh, but now when I was talking recently with Jason McGee about IBM Cloud Satellite, he brought up distributed cloud. So could you put that in some context for us, uh, you know, for what that means for your business customers? Yeah, you know, and it's so important to kind of define distributed cloud. I've, I've realized recently that um, you know, we've, we've had some surveys and some, some work that we've done with, with analysts where um, there is tremendous enthusiasm around distributed cloud. For some people, they feel like their cloud kind of is distributed. And by that, they mean it's heterogeneous. They have lots of different cloud environments all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, even on one single public cloud, they may be managing six, eight, 10 or more different infrastructure setups, right? And so they're almost independent clouds. When we talk about IBM Cloud Satellite, it is about a consistent distributed cloud, right? And that's kind of the difference is IBM Cloud Satellite is the ability to bring our um, as a service capabilities, our cloud catalog uh, and a common control plane, common visibility, common operational metrics, all those things, um, bring that into a bunch of different cloud locations. And it's really meant to solve the visibility and control and consistency problem of distributed cloud. Um, because when you just make a bunch of different environments, because you've provisioned different infrastructure, or you're using a SaaS property here or there, um, it creates sort of disorder. It creates the um, opportunity for there to be um, higher risk um, because you know different environments are managed differently. Um, it means you're running around trying to do a whole bunch of different management from a security and compliance perspective, et cetera. And IBM Cloud Satellite and, and, and a consistent approach to distributed cloud uh, just requires that there be a, a RHEL Linux host. Um, and from that host, then we can build up the rest of the cloud. And the exciting thing about that is it really brings the cloud to life, all those promises of the cloud, right? Up and ready to go services, 24 by seven SRE driven support, you know, that kind of automagic notion of the cloud is just there. <laughs> Um, but it, it brings that to where data is. It brings that to where a business is trying to run their manufacturing line or their retail outlets. It brings that to, you know, where some application, you know, resides, but yet needs to, you know, have some analytics or AI insights brought to it or something like that. And that can be on premises, that can be in public cloud environments, it can be on our cloud. And those locations that satellite uh, deploys and manages are brought back into a single place for visibility. And so that really is about architecting and delivering cloud in a consistent way across a distributed set of locations. And, and that's really what I think, you know, justifies distributed and cloud being in the same phrase, right? Because it really is one cloud um, experience and visibility and developer experience, you know, delivered into those different environments. So I think it's, it's very exciting for sure. And Hillary, that point about the consistency that you mentioned, right? So that your customers, they're moving faster than they ever have before. They need to change and adapt on the fly. And if 
some not randomness but inconsistency is introduced into you know their mainstream workflows and workloads that 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 would be a big problem so it seems like this ability to achieve consistency across whatever originating source they're looking at the information from that that's critical to them yeah you know when we mentioned earlier i spend a lot of time with clients and, and i've had the chance to do a lot of um like cio roundtables and such recently different cities and stuff and i think it's been so interesting to me in that conversation because you know the job of a CIO, the job of the leads for IT infrastructure and such have really expanded because in in moving to cloud, you're taking on also a lot of security. You're even taking on you know infrastructure security because it's deployed as code, <laughs> um, and so it's not the job of someone else, right? So, so so the teams that are working on the cloud now have these responsibilities around security and compliance and all these other things because the cloud has everything at their fingertips. They now have a lot of responsibility. There's not someone you know ring fencing the data center you know with firewalls. They have to appropriately manage those environments, and so as I as I look at that shift of what's happening in in responsibility within different organizations and what the CIOs are trying to juggle about who's doing what and such, um, I see that this that this sort of you know next generation challenge in cloud um, is really about trying to get back to consistency because that's also about skill set and, and operating model right enabling. Um, you know, a similarity in skill set across environments, enabling a similarity in security, um, enabling a similarity in developer capabilities, um, rather than having everyone off doing different things. And, and those patterns, those standards, those architectures, um, the commonality in management um, can definitely reduce risk. And with lower risk, more stuff can, you know, can move to, to cloud environments and, and more new things can be created more quickly. Right, right. So Hillary, your your own uh, personal background there with IBM, you know, started off in research and now CTO for IBM Cloud. So you're sort of at the intersection of a, a lot of things moving very quickly these days. I wonder if you'd be willing to look ahead a little bit, right? We see things on the future here that some of that R&D is leading to pretty rapidly, you know, some wild things, quantum computing, code engine, a couple other things. What are some of the, you know, very cool things on the horizon here? Yeah, well, you certainly hit a couple of my, you know, favorite topics, right? I mean, I think, you know, in quantum, we're the we're the only cloud that that has that that has quantum hardware, um, you know, accessible through it, right? And I think from that perspective, you know, we also, you know, feel responsibility to help our clients generally through the quantum questions or the questions of quantum, right? So, um, our clients and our cloud clients, you know, engage with our researchers to look at um, algorithm development for risk analytics and material science and all that kind of stuff. And the rate and pace of developments there is just amazing. Um, you know, what can be calculated and computed and, and things like that in, in, in chemistry and materials and, um, you know, healthcare sciences and, and, and even in, in financial uh, areas as well. So, so there's lots of rapid, you know, uh, development on kind of the application algorithm space and, and the experiences and portals available through the cloud uh, enable all of that to be tested out. Um, but I think, you know, we, we are partnering with our clients also to answer the what if questions of, of quantum in the sense of um, what do I need to do in terms of cryptography? You know, could a quantum computer ever crack what I'm doing? Um, our researchers have invented algorithms that are secure against future quantum computers. So the ability to cryptographically protect your data, um, you know, in, in a way that you know that it's going to be future proof, um, goes back to that whole conversation about, you know, policies around data and protection of data and privacy of data. Um, so being able to deploy quantum secure algorithms within IBM Cloud, which we have done, 
uh, participate in the standards um, around that and, and help our clients implement those things so they know that you know for the next 10, 20, 30 years um, that their data cryptography is going to be valid. Those are certainly exciting. And I think you know you mentioned code engine, so I'll just pick up on that as well. I think there is a there's an opportunity in code engine to, to bring together management and orchestration of everything from you know containers to serverless to, to batch type workloads. And I think as we look across the landscape of what people are trying to, to modernize out of that core enterprise estate, um, that to me is such an exciting you know, portfolio because um, a lot of what needs to happen um, you know, brings together you know, the desire to have that um, instantaneous and, and speed of response, um, the desire to, to cost optimize what people are doing in the cloud, um, but also the need to, to deploy and manage large amounts of compute, which is you know, what batch brings. Um, so I think bringing those things together into one service, um, one set of capabilities, one development environment um, is exciting because those are the flavors and the characteristics of how the enterprise needs to modernize. Um, and every day I speak with clients that are, you know, looking at this space and looking to, you know, move forward into future programming models. And so um, we're very closely partnered with our research organization um, on the topics of, of future programming models and, and deploying those uh, kinds of capabilities through through Code Engine and other services in our cloud. Oh, uh, well, I have to ask, you know, uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I suspect that the people who are developing systems were saying, oh, yeah, this is secure. You know, this, this is going to be secure in the future. How can you, um, what are the, the, the factors that give you this assurance that, you know, with this, this type of computing, quantum computing, that for most people, it's just a dream, right? It's still science fiction. The most advanced capabilities people have ever had. How can you have some assurance that 10 or 20 years from now, it's still going to be secure? Yeah, it's it's really amazing. I mean, our, our, our researchers are working in the space of lattice-based cryptography was particular kind of math, which I won't pretend to, to represent here. Um, but but for those that are curious about it, um, you know, you can look up the IBM research work in, in lattice-based cryptography. And lattice-based algorithms are provably unbreakable by future quantum. We, you know, the, the rough mechanics of what quantum is doing and the types of problems it can solve more effectively than classical computing um, are, are understood enough that it's provable that the lattice-based algorithms won't be hackable or crackable, so to say, by quantum computers. Um, and you know, being able to do that you know, at speed and then also leveraging the lattice-based algorithms in other areas. Um, for example, fully homomorphic encryption is another you know, popular topic of being able to compute on information while it remains encrypted. Um, and so these things are, you know, the basis for, you know, where we can make those guarantees about things being future-proof for, for a couple of decades and, and for hardware that we haven't seen yet. Well, good. That, I'm sure that'll be a relief for a lot of people. And Hillary, you know, it's always, it's fascinating to hear you uh, explain in, in, you know, pretty straightforward language, these remarkable things that are going on. So as we wrap up, is there one point that you want to be sure to convey about what, what's going on now with IBM Cloud? You know, I think it's really just to take us back to where we started, right? I mean, I think, um, you know, for, for us, the, the journey to cloud, you know, as we work day in, day out with our clients, um, it has had a lot of ups and downs for many of them. Um, there's, there's sort of consideration of, yes, a lot of things moved very quickly um, over the last year, um, and COVID caused this acceleration in adoption. Um, but it also caused a deep desire and drive to change, right? Not just to lift and shift, really, but to, to, to modernize and to move more of the core into the cloud. And I think that's the opportunity, that's the cloud that you know, we have built for 
Um, it's what we're doing in these industry uh, specific programs with Financial Cloud for Financial Services, Cloud for Telco, et cetera. And um, really that contextualization of cloud to the security, compliance, distributed edge computing, whatever it is for those industries, um, the, that contextualization into what will help those enterprises and those industries move faster is, is what we're really excited about doing because it's really about um, the rest of the enterprise um, being able to adopt uh, cloud um, and that you know will have broad-ranging implications you know on their productivity and other things like that in the future. So it's an exciting journey to be on with our clients and great to great to talk to you about it today as well. Well, Hillary, thank you so much. Uh, it's a pleasure. You paint uh, an exciting and compelling future here, and it's going to be fun to dive into it. Great. Thanks. Thanks so much. All right. And thanks to all of you for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. You've got a pretty good inside view of what's going on with IBM Cloud from Hillary Hunter. We hope we'll see you next time as well.